0: We're doing this podcast on December the 26th because, well, medical education never takes a break. And so let's start right at the beginning with our holiday greetings. Hey, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, or Happy Hanukkah, or whichever holiday you celebrate during this time. We really do hope that you've had a great time, had time to reconnect with family and friends, hopefully in a safe way. But let's be honest. This year kind of sucks, all right. I mean, our family gathering, which I'm thankful for, was a lot different than years past. We're all concerned. We all want to stay healthy. We definitely don't want to expose someone if we don't even know that we've been exposed ourselves. So this holiday season, although there's lots to be thankful for, every day we should be thankful and have gratitude, it's just different. And even though we make an effort to make the best of it, the truth is, even the holiday season, which is a festive time for most people, can be a very difficult time for others and no one is immune. So in this podcast I want to bring attention to a very serious issue that may not seem to fit initially with our holiday greeting but it's timely nonetheless because maternal mental health is on the ropes. I mean, it's, it's fighting for its life here. And new reports are coming out that we're just not paying enough attention to our pregnant or recently postpartum mothers because this issue of perinatal depression and, watch this guys, perinatal suicide has now gotten the attention even of the U.S. Surgeon General. So let's talk about perinatal mental health in this very important session. depression and similar mood disorders are a real beat down on the person who's carrying that load. Look, let me be very transparent with you. For some of you who know my story, you know that I've had some struggles in the past Myself, I mean, it was kind of weird growing up, had some issues, exposures there that I didn't necessarily want to have, but I did. And so I carried a lot of weight for years. And I'm telling you, struggling with things like depression, low self-esteem, it's a dark place. And I'm very fortunate that I never required any medication for these things, but I had to retrain my brain to think differently. So I'm a big fan, and you've heard me say it before, of cognitive behavioral therapy. I think we can really think our way out of a lot of problems but not all of them. Listen to this. In May of 2020, a medical report stated that one in four Americans met the criteria for a serious mental distress syndrome or a similar illness as a response to the pandemic. That's 25%. And that represented a 700% increase just from two years ago in 2018. That's 700%. No one is immune. You would think that pregnancy or the recent postpartum period will be a time of great joy. And it is for a lot of women, thankfully. You know, they have the whole future of this child to look forward to, to plan. And that smile of that little baby should just light you up. And it does. But for some of our patients, for, for some of us, I mean, that time can be especially crucial and difficult and trying and confusing and emotional. So just because you're pregnant or postpartum, or our patients are, doesn't mean they're immune from these issues. In November of 2020, again, in an area of medicine that's very close to me, which is obstetrics, there was a new crisis alert raised about the unacceptably high rate of suicide among pregnant or recently postpartum women. Now, here's our first clinical pearl. Guys, when we say postpartum, what do you think? Like six weeks, right? Eight weeks, the first 12 weeks, the first first trimester, if you will, after delivery, that's called the fourth trimester. Well, the CDC actually considers this all the way up into a year. Remember that 12 months after the delivery is still considered, considered peripartum. Now, it's late peripartum, but that postpartum period can extend for issues like this up to one year. In CDC data from 14 state agencies, 8.8% of deaths tracked between 2008 and 2017 were attributed to suicide or overdose related to a mental health condition. And this is just, remember, we're talking about pregnancy-related or recently postpartum. That's 8.8%. Perinatal depression, which includes major and minor depressive episodes that occur during pregnancy, or, here it is again, in the first 12 months after delivery, is one of the most common medical complications during pregnancy and the postpartum period, and it can affect up to one in seven women. Now let's stop here for a minute and bring attention back to the recent As of December 3rd, United States Surgeon General's Call to Action on Maternal Morbidity and Mortality. Remember, we have a podcast on that just recently. But the U.S. Surgeon General has released this call to arms that says, Man, what the heck is going on? We've got to do better for our pregnant and recently postpartum patients. Because those numbers of maternal death are just unacceptable. Well, one of the issues that's focused on there is, yes, of course, high blood pressure and diabetes and better control of chronic uh, medical conditions. But it also has a point specifically addressing pregnancy and postpartum depressive issues up to that one year postpartum. Because let's face it, that's often overlooked. As physicians or nurse practitioners or PAs, we often get so trapped in looking at the medical issues, which is fine, but it should never come at a cost sacrificing the mental health issues. The prenatal and postnatal period are very vulnerable times because of the simultaneous physiological, hormonal, and psychological stressors on the body. Many physicians, many healthcare providers overall, are also wary of continuing the use of medications like SSRIs through pregnancy, although recent evidence has refuted some earlier reports that linked some of the most common medications to birth defects. Suicide deaths are a leading cause of maternal mortality in the U.S., yet the prevalence and the trends in suicidality among childbearing individuals remains poorly described. Now listen to this, because this is going to kind of drive you nuts. Well, at least it did for me. Oddly, the CDC data excludes deaths from, quote, accidental or intentional causes, end quote, like suicide or overdose or homicide in their reporting. Did y'all get that? The CDC excludes those. Why? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. On the CDC's Pregnancy Mortality Surveillance System website, there's no mention of suicide or mental health-related deaths. And let me say it right here. CDC, you messed up. That's terrible and that's wrong. But individual state data, remember CDC is national, state data nonetheless is still alarming. Studies have shown overdoses and suicides represent the leading cause of postpartum deaths in certain states like California and account for about 20% of deaths among pregnant women and new mothers in Illinois. That's 20%. In CDC data from those 14 state maternal morbidity and mortality committees, again, 8.8% of deaths between 2008 and 2017 were attributed not to hypertension or diabetes, but suicide, overdose, or unintentional injuries that were unrelated to a physical issue but related to a mental health concern. Wait, wait, wait. I think we need to put this in perspective because I, I don't want to belittle the other issues like hypertensive deaths or deaths from VTE or infection that get a lot of the limelight. They get the limelight because it's limelight well deserved. So let me be very clear. Please don't send me emails or you know Facebook message me that you know I, I kinda miss the obvious issue here of the true physical morbid conditions that cause death. That That's not the point. I'm just trying to bring up something that's often overlooked, which is the mental health aspect of pregnancy care. So let's just review the overall rates of death by category here in the US. And so we can lay that foundation right off the bat, okay? In 2018, and the same has covered, the same has led the race in 2020, there have been 17 maternal deaths for every 100,000 life births in the U.S. Okay, so if you're ever asked, what's the maternal mortality rate in the U.S.? The first answer is too high, and then the second is the absolute number, which is 17 maternal deaths for every 100,000 life births. And just to put that in perspective, in contrast, the maternal mortality ratio is about 3 per 100,000 or fewer in other high-income countries, including the Netherlands, Norway, and New Zealand. Now, if somebody asks, what are the leading causes of pregnancy-related death? In general, they're grouped into two main conditions, heart conditions or cardiovascular issues and stroke. These two things cardiovascular issues or heart issues and stroke cause more than one in three deaths here in the U.S. But let's break this down a little bit further by category. Okay, so cardiovascular issues, which again, very general, but cardiovascular issues, which severe preeclampsia can go into that category is about 15%. That's the biggest one. That's followed by infection or sepsis at 12%. Cardiomyopathy at 11%. Hemorrhage is 10%. Venous thromboembolic events is about 9%. And cerebrovascular accidents, 8%. Okay? So I'm not ignoring these issues. These are terrible numbers and we've got to get better. We've got to do uh, bring that number down from 17 maternal deaths for every 100,000 to significantly lower. But I just wanted to put those numbers out there, I didn't forget them, but not take away from the importance of mental health that we're addressing in this session. Okay, let me back away here from just a minute, and let me clarify something, because I don't want to seem pissy about the CDC. I respect the CDC, thank God for them, I've been there many times in Atlanta, and I've got great friends who work there, I'm thankful for them. But when they exclude issues like suicides or drug overdoses from maternal mortality, that's not really well explained. I mean, I don't have a reason or or, or, or an answer for that. I just think that's wrong. And and again, I'm not sure why they do that. I, I just don't have an answer. Okay, naysayers. So I know what you're thinking. Look, they don't report on it because it's probably not that big of a deal. That's why. And they've got bigger fish to fry. Well, is it? Is that right? I mean, is that really the issue? I don't think so. And that's not what the data shows. Listen to this. Remember, we're taping this December twenty sixth. So just a month ago, some new light was shed on the importance of this that's often overlooked. According to a November 2020 publication in JAMA Psychiatry, a cross-sectional analysis was done on close to 600,000 women that were one year before and one year after giving birth. Now this expand about a 10-year period from 2006 to about 2017. Suicidal ideation and intentional self-harm increased between that time period, again 2006 to 2017. Here's what the data looked like. Non-Hispanic Black individuals, those with lower income, and those who were younger, as well as those with comorbid anxiety, depression, or other serious mental illness had, of course, larger escalations. Health care providers must be vigilant to diagnose these mental health issues, ideally before pregnancy. Data has revealed that close to 20% of new moms have some sort of postpartum mental health issue, which increases the risk of suicide. Now, of those women, about 1 to 2 in 1,000 actually have psychosis, which typically shows up in the first two to four weeks postpartum and is marked by paranoia delusional thinking, and extreme mood swings. Now, why that matters is because while depression alone is a risk factor for suicidal ideation and suicidal acts, having psychosis ups the game for those risks significantly. That's why ACOG recommends that OBGYNs, and truth is all OB healthcare providers, pay attention to women in that postpartum period and have now called the first three months at highest risk the fourth trimester, knowing of course that risk extends to the first 12 months postpartum. Even though ACOG does state that all OBGYN or all women's health care providers should screen for mental health or mood disorders during a comprehensive postpartum visit, the truth is not all women's health care providers feel comfortable or are educated enough regarding this screening process. Additionally, screening, quote, at least once, end quote, like ACOX says, may not be enough during pregnancy because patients may be reluctant to share this personal mental health information. And the same applies in the postpartum period. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, patients may feel um, that they're not meeting up to their expectation of a new mom or of a pregnant woman. And this is something that we have to address. We have to make patients comfortable and then if they're struggling with a mental health issue, the only way to beat it is to talk about it, own it, and then make plans to try to change it. All right, podcast listeners, listen to these numbers because this should kind of mess you up a little bit. I mean, this should make you sad. In one published analysis, only 40% of the women who died by suicide had contact with a health care provider regarding their mental health in the 30 days Prior to their deaths. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, wait a minute. That's not my fault. I mean, they didn't reach out to me. Then how am I supposed to prevent it? Well, it all comes down to their comfort level. If they feel that the physician, the midwife, the nurse practitioner, the resident, whatever you call yourself, is just not approachable and you've never brought that up to them before, then how are they supposed to reach out to you when they feel like they've got no other choice? Only 40%. That means that 60% had no contact with her and never brought that up within the 30 days before. And maybe, I'm not saying that all of them could have been prevented, but maybe something could have been done if awareness was there. Now, unfortunately, there are some women who are afraid to get help for symptoms of depression or serious symptoms of anxiety because they're afraid that when they admit that they're not doing well or that they have suicidal thoughts, that child protective services might be called. And that's something that we also need to tell our patients, look, It's okay to not be okay. That doesn't make you an ill-fit mother or a non-caring mother. That's all right. And it's okay to talk about it. So these are real issues that, you know what, we've kind of looked over, we've glanced over, we've looked the other way. And we can't do that anymore. Thankfully, the U.S. Surgeon General's call to action has a focus in there about mental health, perinatal depression, and perinatal mood disorders. Because these issues, guys, just because we can't touch them and we can't monitor them like blood pressure or a blood sugar, they're real, they're dangerous, and they're dark. Well, here's what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to bum everybody out in between Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's with something like this. But the truth is, I've been wanting to do this for a couple of days. And I've been mulling it over because I you know, don't want my podcast to be a downer. But as a physician, as a healthcare provider, hey, man, and even as somebody who's suffered with depression and anxiety and low self-esteem in the past, listen, uh, sometimes we just got to talk about it. We've got to bring this out. And that's how we get better. We have to, first of all, make this okay to not be okay. Stop putting on the facade that everything's all right. and Look at my Facebook, Snapchat, and whatever else you got, and everything's fine. And the truth is, all of us, I don't care how much money you make or you don't make or what color you call yourself or what race you call yourself, it doesn't matter. We're all human, and we're all struggling with something. Let's be real. It's time to be real, and talking about perinatal depression is one of those issues that we have to be real about. So I hope you took this in the right way. Again, didn't want to be too heavy or too much of a bummer during the holidays, but it needed to be said. Well, well, thank you all for listening to our podcast, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.